Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week on the podcast, my guest, John, has an amazing story to tell about how he was able to find God and how he realized that he knew about God, he was religious, but he didn't know God. He has an amazing story to share with you about how he realized that it goes from being religious to having a relationship with God. So without further ado, here is the interview that I did with John. Hello, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, Kiana. How are you? Glad to be here. Thank you so much for being here, and I am doing awesome. And welcome to the Finding God podcast. I'm very happy to have you today. Thank you. Yes, I'm glad to be here as well, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. All right, well, let me ask you a question. So this is my initiation question. Every guest has had to answer this question. What was your childhood like? Uh, I had, uh, I would tell you, probably a very typical childhood for where I grew up. I'm a product of the north side of Chicago, and uh, I grew up in a very working-class blue-collar home. Um, Anyone who has ever seen any kind of comedy show or Saturday Night Live or something like that about Chicago, from the funny way we pronounce words to the food to anything else, that pretty much was my childhood. It was very stereotypical that way. Um, so it, it was maybe kind of comical in a sense, uh, but on, on the flip side of it, it was also very real and very raw. Uh, so I grew up in a home where um, you know there was alcoholism for sure. Uh, my father would never identify himself personally as an alcoholic, but I did grow up with it a lot, and, and it did have an effect on kind of uh, how I reacted to my childhood, and, and also more importantly, what it left me in terms of adulthood, and, and really just kind of projecting as far as the kind of man, husband, father that I wanted to be, because unfortunately, I probably saw more in my father about what I didn't want to do right. um, when I grew up than, uh, than what I, you know, than what I saw from him kind of a thing. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, my, my dad did have some, uh, some, some good advice for me and it, it was stuff that I really didn't understand until I was older. And, and I have some, you know, cool stories about that, that hopefully we can get to, but, but yeah, it was, uh, it was an environment where I, I understood, uh, first of all, the importance of, um, you know, hard work for sure, mm-hmm. uh, of being dedicated to the people you care about. So I, I did get some really good values from my parents in that sense, uh, but but also just the, the hard knocks of life, you know, the reality of, you know, what happens when, when life is hard, maybe when life beats you down a little bit, 
and uh, and you know I uh, again I like to say that it helped to give me the perspective that I would need later in life. So. Oh, well, that's good to hear. And it's not uncommon for people who do suffer or have like alcoholism or al- alcoholics not to identify it because it's just a hard thing to probably say that they're alcoholics. So. No doubt. No doubt about it. Yep. Okay. So was God a part of your life during your childhood? And in, if and if so, like, how was he a part? Did you guys go to church? What did you do? So it, in that sense, it was pretty stereotypical, too. I, I was raised uh, Roman Catholic. And, uh, you know, really, it was just about kind of the culture or the expectations as far as, you know, milestones or benchmarks, you know, basically different things you did. I, I attended a, a Catholic school as well. So there were expectations of, you know, this is just what our people do. You know, right. you're expected to go to church on Sunday. Now, if you didn't go, why didn't you go? Why didn't we see you there? What was going on? And and in my family, again, it, it was a very stereotypical kind of approach. It was okay, this is just our culture. It's what we do. You just kind of, you know, go through the steps and go through the motions. More so for my mom. My, my dad could take it or leave it. It really didn't matter too much to him. And I would tell you that it, with my parents, I, I would sometimes have some deep conversations because as a child, I was someone who really wanted to know God. I, I was very hungry for knowledge. Um, it wasn't something that I just kind of pushed aside to say, okay, well, it's just something I have to learn because, and forget about it otherwise. I, I absolutely was a seeker, you know, from my early childhood. And, and I had a lot of questions. And, um, you know, in the environment that I grew up in, a lot of it was just, well, this is just what we're taught. And this is just what we know, as opposed to, uh, one, being able to answer not just deeper questions, maybe theologically, but what I saw play out later in life was, you know, really the, the experience of God, how God worked in my life, um, and, and really formed more of a personal relationship as opposed to just kind of going through the motions. So um, I, I like to say that maybe I was given a lot of, I was given a lot of information early on. You know, I, I had to learn my scriptures and things because you had to learn them. Um, so, you know, as, as I got older, those things, you know, I, I could like kind of fall back on and, and it definitely helped me in terms of uh, my, my growth and my walk of faith. But really, um, you know, I, I had big, deep questions. And, and those questions, I, I think, I'm still I'm still asking and getting answers to like all of us, um, you know, but but that faith journey really played out as I got older for sure. That's awesome. And it's amazing because I also understand where you're coming from because I grew up in a house where you had to go to church, you had to do certain things. I went to a church school. So I understand where you're coming from with the things that you had to do. And I also had questions and it's like I would ask them and people are like, you're not supposed to ask those kind of questions and you can't ask God these things. You can't talk to him. So I know for me, some of my questions were like, I wanted to know why God let certain things happen to people. I'm just like, well, why? You know, it just didn't make sense to me. And people were like, you just got to trust me. You can't ask those questions. So I was always told not to ask those thought-provoking questions. But what were some of your questions that you had as a child growing up? Yeah, I, I think they were they were very profound. You know, uh, why, why, you know, how and why did God exist? Uh, how, how did he, how did it play out in the lives of, of the people you know, the, the everyday people here on earth, um, you know, who was Jesus really, you know, um, you know, even as a young man, you know, I had a lot of questions and, um, you know, even though I grew up in the, in the days of the eighties before the internet, you know, there were always, you know, books I would find or people I would talk to to say, well, what do you think about this? And how did this really happen? Kind of a thing. And, and, and so really it was me just wanting to go on a quest for knowledge and, and information. And, and again, in a, in a house like mine, 
um, you know, you just didn't sit down at the end of the day or, you know, whatever given time and open up the Bible and, and have a discussion about it. It was, you know, well, who knows that? I, I, I don't know, you know, well, what do you think? And, you know, so I, I was challenged really to try to find it out for myself. And, and again, it, it wasn't stuff that, um, you know, really came into my space later in life as I, you know, had experiences and, and encountered other people. But, but again, I think um, my, my thirst and hunger for knowledge really kind of pushed that forward. And then um, again, as, as my life unfolded, I saw that, you know, maybe I, I certainly had more questions and, and I wouldn't say that I definitely have all the answers, but mm -hmm. I, I would say that through my experience as, as specifically as a husband, father, and, and, and now, you know, really being dedicated to being in the word and, and really looking at those things, um, you know, I, I, I would tell you it's, it's been an enjoyable experience. You know, it's been enjoyable, not just continually seeking, you know, for truth, um, you know, but finding it in, in ways great and small in terms of how they play out in your own life. So do, have, do these questions still persist into your um, adolescence? Tell me a little bit how that was for your teenage years. What happened with you there? Was God a part of that? Like what happened? So I, I would tell you that I, I have never not believed in God. Absolutely. I, I never got to a point where I, I doubted the existence of God or anything like that. It was more of a question of who God really was kind right. of thing. And, and I would tell you that my adolescence was was pretty rocky. Um, you know, I, I didn't get into drugs or alcohol or anything like that, you know, but I definitely had some behavior stuff. And, mm -hmm. and to be honest, um, you know, again, growing up uh, Catholic and then going through uh, a Catholic school for, for all those years in my elementary. And by the time I got to public high school, I said, okay, well, I, I don't think God's here. So I'm going to go looking for God wherever I think God is. So, you know, again, the days before the internet, you know, many times I find myself at, at, at a bookstore, let's say, and I started probing a lot of different books, you know, not, not just Christian material, but, you know, to be honest, I actually got into, uh, into what, what's kind of known um, in the culture as kind of like a white witchcraft, you know, or, or paganism kind of thing, because I said, okay, well, you know, I believe in God, but I don't know that I believe in the church. And, and my experience of church up until that point was, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an entity, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's almost political in a sense. And I think that's mm -hmm. still what turns a lot of people off from church right. is that they, they see it as this institution as opposed to the church really being the living, breathing entity in terms of, you know, the, the people of God, you know, walking with faith as opposed to something that just goes on in, in, in a building once a week. And, and so I explored a lot of different paths, you know, spiritually and, you know, whether it was, you know, from, from, from a pagan influence or maybe from an Eastern influence or, you know, all of these different, you know, metaphysical type of approaches to say, okay, well, I, I believe there's a God, but, you know, it's probably not what they're teaching me in church or what I have learned. And, and, you know, that even went down into the identity of Jesus, you know, was, was Jesus really the son of God? Was he just a wise man? Was he a prophet? Was he, you know, from another planet? You know, like there were all of these questions about, you know, what really was that? But, you know, up until that point, because of my experience with church, you know, I really believe that whoever, whatever God was, it wasn't to be found there. There was something else. There was some other information or something that I hadn't found yet, but it was still out there. And I was going to look through all of these different things to see if I could, if I could find out there. So that's interesting because I know like right now there's a term going around about deconstruction and how you kind of look into what you believe and kind of deconstruct it to see what's really true. And it seems like you were doing this before that even became a thing. 
Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting today because I, I not only had an experience of this as an adult for sure and for many of my adult years, but, you know, in, in the culture today, you frequently see things, you know, where people talk about, um, you know, this spirituality or new age spirituality, you know, people don't like to identify as religious, they like to identify as spiritual. Right. And, and, and to be honest, in many ways, I don't like to identify as religious either, because again, it, it has an implication that you're more about an institution rather than right. the, an actual relationship with God. And, and, and the problem with a lot of those things is that, um, you know, it, it puts people first, which sounds good. But the issue then is that you're detaching yourself from that personal relationship with God. And, and many folks just don't really understand what that means. You know, they, they want to be happy. They want to be able to, you know, manifest or create the things in their life that, that they really want, which is fine. But, but again, the issue then becomes it's, it's very egocentric. It's, this is all about me. This is all about what I need. This is all about, you know, God being that magic genie in the lamp. And let me just rub that lamp whenever I need it. Poof. I have what I want kind of a thing. And, and so the, the issue then, and especially as I, I saw it play out, not just in my teenagers, but later in life was, okay, well, guess what? You still don't always get what you want. Now, why is that? And then people have different opinions about that. Well, maybe you're not trying hard enough or, you know, even in, in, in the church, you know, if we're talking about more of like a prosperity gospel approach, maybe you don't have enough faith. Well, maybe there's something else going on with you. But at the end of the day, the problem is it's all focused on you as opposed to, well, wait a minute. If I'm walking with God and I have a relationship with God, then maybe there is something that God can let me know in terms of the journey that I'm on. Because, you know, we all go through valleys. We right. all suffer hardship. And when you have that personal relationship with God, what you learn to understand is, you know what, this life is about hardship. You know, this, this life is about learning and evolution. And this life ultimately is about learning to trust God to provide your needs. It's not always going to be what you want the way you want it. But you know what? It's actually exactly what you need. And that was something that I absolutely learned as an adult, you know, unfortunately, the hard way sometimes. But but it is such a valuable lesson in that, you know, rather than people just saying, well, I'm just going to you know, believe what I want and I don't care. And so what? And I just want to be happy. Well, you you can be happy or you can have joy. Mm -hmm. They're two different things. And you learn that again, sometimes the hard way. But I absolutely had that experience. And I saw how valuable it was for me to really now understand the difference between those two things and how much I need to rely on God for my joy as opposed to just me or someone else for simply in happiness. No, I like that because sometimes we do, you know, it's easy to get caught up in asking God for stuff all the time. And of course he wants us to, but like it has to be a point where we have to put God first. God has to be 100% first. We have to want God more than we want all this other stuff. You know, like you said, God has to be the reason and our relationship should be with God and not, like you said, trying to get a genie and want it all and wishing on manifesting all kinds of stuff. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Now, you mentioned something about happiness versus joy. In your own life, explain how that has played out for you. So I, I would tell you that if, if you ask me, have I you know, been happy in life? Sure. You know, joy is that sustaining feeling that, that also gets you through the hard times. And you can have joy in hard times as well. You can't always be happy. So you know, my experience of faith as an adult really came through, um, you know, my raising a, a son who has a, a, a cognitive disability. He has autism. You know, uh, through my adulthood, I, I married a, a woman who actually grew up Jewish and, you know, was also very spiritual. Then you need more. And then we identified the need, first of all, for community because we just wanted genuine support. And then, you know, once we actually got connected with the church, not only did we find the support, but we found the love 
of God through Jesus. And then we, we found people who could speak into our lives. And then I got involved with, um, you know, some really great men's ministries and, and Bible studies and all that type of thing. And, and it was almost like a full circle for me because it brought me back to huh, all this stuff that I learned as a kid actually has some value. Let's, let's look into this further. And so I would tell you that when I, when I, by the time I really came to faith as an adult, you know, I was going through a significant valley in life, but at the same time, I would tell you that once I found him, I all of a sudden was so relieved. The weight was off my chest. My problems didn't go away. It wasn't like, okay, great. You're part of the club now. Poof, everything's taken care of. But it was, I knew I was going to be okay because I have him. And my understanding now was he's walking with me. He has me. It's going to be okay because he's here. And so and then as I progressed and as I learned more and became stronger in my faith, you know, yeah, did life get better? Of, of course it did. But, but again, it was never a thing where, you know, okay, now I, I believe in God and I have this relationship. Now everything is okay. Well, no, you're still going to have challenges. And I would tell you that I went through another season. And in fact, I'm probably still in that season right now over the last couple of years, with a lot of things happening with me personally. But the fact is, is that God has still sustained me and he's reminded me of his presence every day. And so even on these really hard days, sometimes I'm even surprised to myself, wow, I actually feel very good. I feel very good because I know he's here, okay? And I, and I can see that, you know what, he's still taking care of things and I can see the way that he's working. Sometimes those are small reminders and sometimes they're big. But the fact is, is that, you know, now that I have joy, you know, some days, even if I wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you know, once I, once I still come to and come to my senses, yeah, wow, this, this is gonna be okay because he hasn't left me. He, ne he never did. His promises are true. And I know that, you know, whatever is going to be ahead of me, at the end of the day, I know how the story ends and I know where I'm, where I'm going to be regardless. So, so that's really where the source of my joy personally comes from. I like that because I understand the whole thing. I understand where you're coming from because I know sometimes for me when things are challenging, I just say, God, I can't fix this. Nothing I can do about it. So you handle this and I'm just going to spend some time with you. You know, I just give it over. I'm just like, I can't do this. So why worry about it? You're going to have to do this. You and I just need to talk and get to know each other more. You know, I just focus on God because it's just like, I can't do anything. And then I noticed that when I do that, things usually work out. I'm not stressed. I don't run ahead and try to do my own thing. You know, I just let him take care of what he needs to take care of. And then I just spend time with him and I just feel so much better. Now, you mentioned before um, how you came to God. How did you come to God? What was that moment like? And when did you realize it was more about relationship than all of the things you can mark off the list? You know, when did, when did, when did yeah. that happen? So I, I would tell you it was about 10 years ago. Um, and we were going through a significant valley uh, in our life. So I, I was married. I'm, I'm actually divorced now, but you know, okay. we, we were married and, and we were going through a significant valley. We had some emotional, uh, you know, our, our marriage was kind of on the rocks uh, financially. We were very stretched, you know, our son's disability, you know, was always a challenge for us. And, and I remember um, we had joined, uh, before we actually came to faith, we had joined uh, what's known as, as a Unitarian church and, and Unitarians, although, they, they started out as a denomination of Christianity. Um, you know, they, they kind of do their own thing. And, and, the, and the crazy thing about being a Unitarian is that you don't even necessarily need to believe in God to go to a Unitarian church. It's, it's very open. It, it, there's really not a lot of structure to it other than to say, this is a community of people that just kind of get together and worship, you know, however they feel they want to worship kind of thing. So it, it's a very kind of interesting philosophy. But um, there was a, a men's group there. And, uh, and I, 
used to go to their like uh, Friday night meetups and um, and I remember going in this one uh, summer uh, Friday and uh, and I was you know really distraught and I was you know really just wrestling with all these things what was going to happen you know what was I going to do about all this and, and so I went into this men's group and, and I was really expecting because the the guys in this group were um, probably for the most part at least 20 years my senior right so so they were all older men you know in my head wiser and could probably give me some kind of sage advice here. And I remember that I, you know, during our group time, I just kind of opened up to them and I said, listen, this is what's been going on. I'm really struggling. I'm really having a hard time here. And, and, you know, I'm expecting to get, you know, all of this great, you know, wisdom and, and advice and, you know, guys kind of putting their arms around me metaphorically. Well, after I shared all this, I would tell you that the entire room was quiet. No one said a word. And then finally the group leader, you know, addressed it and he said, Wow, that's that's really tough. But what you need to hear is that it's going to be okay. Now, I'm going to say this. First of all, when you're going through crisis, just telling somebody it's going to be okay, that's the worst thing you could say to anybody. Now, yeah. even though you're well-meaning, and, and as I learned later down the road, yeah, it is all going to be okay for different reasons, right? Um, but I'm like, what, what, what do I do with that? What, what is that about, you know? Yeah. So what was interesting is that what had actually been going on for a few months before is that my, my now ex-wife uh, was a teacher and um, there was a, a woman that she was close friends with that was a Christian who had actually been ministering to her and had really been kind of speaking into her life. And, and my wife started asking a bunch of questions. And then she said, hey, does your church have a men's group? Because I think, you know, John could really benefit from it. And at that point, I'm like, hey, I'll try anything. No problem. You know, I, I, just, I just need to do something. So then I tried uh, the men's group at, at this woman's church, at her friend's church. And what was interesting is that, you know, it was almost like, like a total 180 in terms of being around those guys. These were all men who didn't know me from anybody, but because I came in there and, and again, I was very transparent and let them know what was going on. They asked questions and, you know, they, they really, you know, were, were intentional about, you know, Hey, we want to know what's going on with you. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we did our Bible study and, and obviously again, all those, all those years of Catholic school helped because, you know, I knew my Bible first of all. But then the other thing was, was that at the end of the, at the end of the night, they all, you know, prayed, you know, they, they all did a, a group prayer and they, you know, lifted other guys up. And, and one of the guys in particular prayed for me. And I remember how much that struck me in my heart because I, I knew, you know, in terms of just the, the feeling and the energy of that prayer, I, I knew what that was. And, and I was just so grateful for it. And I thanked him for it at the end. Now, what was funny too about that night is, um, it, this was uh, 2012. Now, in 2012, um, for anybody who remembers the summer, um, it was a year where we had across the country a very, very bad drought, like a literal drought, like, you know, for, you know, whole crops were being destroyed. It was all over the news and that type of thing. At the end of that night, though, one of the guys held up their, their phone and on the weather app, it showed, wow, the rain's coming. And here's this big blob of whatever. And everybody's like, come on, it hasn't rained in weeks. What are you talking about? And we're talking about like, like six weeks, no rain, you know. And I get out of this thing and it is pouring. It's pouring rain, you know, it's the, the skies opened up. It's just crazy. So I'm driving home and my drive was maybe 10, 15 minutes, not far. And I remember that I drove into my neighborhood. Now, again, it's about nine o'clock at night. It's a summer night, but it's nine o'clock. It's already dark. It's raining like crazy. And as I'm kind of winding my way through my neighborhood, I see these three teenage kids, three teenage boys, and they've got their shirts off and they're all standing there and all kind of dancing in the rain and doing all this. And I'm looking at them like, oh, you morons, look at you just, you know, doing your typical teenager thing. But what was funny about that as I reflect back on it was there were three boys, three teenage boys that were on the side of the road dancing while I was driving by just as I, as I had come from this Bible study. 
And what I didn't realize then, but I, I, I knew it pretty soon after, was that that was the, the night that I gave my life to Jesus. That was the night that, you know, he stepped in. Like, I, I knew it then. It was that powerful feeling. And even when I got home, my, my now ex-wife was like, wow, you're different. Wow, what, what happened to you there kind of a thing? And, and I knew then that I, I, I was going to follow. I, I didn't know where I was going to be led, but I was going to follow. And, and I started to hear the voice of spirit in me. And, you know, it started to speak into me. And I just remember him hearing, like, listen, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about what's going on. Don't worry about anything. You just focus on me. You focus on me. You focus on a relationship with me. You get into the word. You do all of these things. I'll handle the rest. Don't worry about it. And so that is foundationally where that sense of joy comes from, because that's an understanding to see in the middle of that. And, and I can still, you know, plug back in emotionally to what that felt like then. Just the, the despair and the questions and God, what am I going to do? It's like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. You focus on me. And so with that, I learned, you know, just how much joy and happiness I had knowing, wow, you know, I was in a place now where I knew that I was being led. Right. And so now, even in the hard days, whether it's now or in the past few years or, you know, even in the future, I know that hasn't changed. Those promises haven't changed. And that still has made, you know, that has made all the difference for me, for sure. Wow, that's amazing. That's an awesome story. And I like the fact that it was so significant about the rain that you remember that night specifically about what happened and how you came to know God. So let me ask you this question. If there's someone out there who's actively looking for God, what advice would you give them? Well, first of all, I would say this. Um, you you have to you have to let any preconceived notions or beliefs go kind of a thing because the, the problem is is that we're, we're all raised in something, right? Uh, what, whatever that is, you know, you may have been raised in a very ultra-religious Christian home. You may have been raised with nothing, or maybe for most folks, somewhere in between. And, and most people, you know, push God aside because they say, well, first of all, it's, it's all a made-up story. Um, you know, why is all there this suffering in the world? You know, why, why would this be happening? And even if there is a God, what does he care about me? I'm just one, you know, infinitesimal speck in a whole big universe and so what? Well, the reality of it is this. Um, when, you're, when you're having these questions, remember that at the heart and foundation, you have a God who wants to know you personally. It's a personal relationship. And I think what is unique and special to the Christian walk and having a relationship with Jesus is this is not some distant God who one you have to prove anything to who you have to make sure that you keep all of your good deeds down on some note card to say okay God I got x amount of things in today so we're good right um and it even goes beyond being a good person you know for most people it's like well it's just about being a good person and and that's and that's fine you know because we we, we do want to be good people we want to treat each other well we want to take care of others but at the end of the day I know that my relationship with him is personal, that he understands where I'm at and who I am. And so, you know, what I would let people know is, you know, I'll, I'll just give it this way. I had an interesting conversation with uh, an old friend uh, a few years ago. And this was a guy I had known for like 20 years and, you know, through college and everything. And, you know, we went out with a few friends. And so, you know, we were just talking about some different things. And he was telling me about all these things that he's into, you know, well, you know, I, I do meditation, and then I do this, and I, I do journaling and self reflection and all that. I said, hey, that's all great. I mean, I, I've done those things, too. That's fine. But I said, let me ask you a question. What happens when those things stop working? What do you do then? Right? Because for all of us, we can say, well, 
you know, I, I know it's going to be okay. I just, I just need to get back and get to my quiet place and I'll just focus and write stuff down. Okay. That, that's a great place to start. But, the, but at the end of the day, all of us get to a crisis point some, and sometimes more than once and usually more than once in life where we have to say, okay, what actually is going to get me out of this, right? And, and the remarkable thing about the story of Jesus for, for folks who actually learn to understand that story is this is not about you trying to reach up to God. This is about God trying to reach down to you. This is about God shrinking himself so he can identify with you. This is about a God who actually tells you, yes, life is hard. I know because I'm telling you life is hard, but I'm also telling you I'm walking it with you. And I'm also letting you know that not only do I know suffering, I know suffering on the biggest level. And it's actually through that suffering that you have life because it's through my example, but it is also through the gift I have given you because now I found a way for you to be able to let all of those things go and just follow me. And with that, now I have a peace and surrender that goes beyond anything that I could get from a meditation session or a yoga class or anything like that. Again, nothing wrong with those things. But at the end of the day, when you are going through real crisis, when the pain is that much, where are you going to? What really is your, where, where is your solitude? Where is your protection? Mine is with me and it is all around me every day. And it, it's not about me saying, well, I, I better get to church because, you know, I, I'm having a hard time. Okay, yes, sure. But you know what? If, if you only go to church once or maybe twice a week, okay, on, on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock and you're having a really, really bad day, I can just stop what I'm doing and say, hey, God, let's talk. Yeah. Right. And, and so, and this is what I think people miss that, well, you know, religion is just about you going to church and whatever. So what? Right. No, it's about a personal relationship with God. You can do all of the other things. You can be a religious person and not have a relationship right. with God. But at the same time, you can have a relationship with God. You can still be in community with other people, but that relationship is still between you and your God who walks with you, who understands your pain because he lived your pain and he promises and guarantees that he will be with you through all of it. That's the like best selling that. point I can think of. I like that. That is awesome. And thank you so much for being a guest in the Finding God podcast. And I look forward to hearing from you in the future. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Kian. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Wow, what an amazing interview. My favorite part of the interview was when John said as a child, he really wanted to know God. And I resonate with that so much because even when I was a kid, I remember maybe not always agreeing with the reasons why they said God's doing this and this is happening, but I knew I always wanted God. I knew I always wanted to have a relationship with him. Even in those times in my life where I felt like I couldn't trust God. For some reason, I kept coming back to him, always wanting to have that relationship. So it was amazing to hear that him say that as a child, he really wanted to know God. And it's funny because I think a lot of us have that. We feel like if you know God from the time you were a kid, you feel like you want a better understanding of God or you want to know him. Or some people just feel like there's a void and there has to be something more. And so when he said, as a child, I really want to know God, I felt that that resonated with me as well as a lot of people. And it also ties into the theme of the show, Finding God. So if you are out there and you feel like something's missing, I really want to know God, then this is a good time to reach out to God and to look for him. Even if you've gone to church your whole life, that doesn't mean that you necessarily know who God is. Because I went to church my whole life and I didn't know who God was. And it also brings me to another quote 
that John has. And he said, you can be religious and not have a relationship with God. And I think so many of us have that. You know, we get confused and we think, well, we go to church and we don't do this or we pay tithe or we don't pay tithe. Or we do this or we do that. It, we, we are able to follow everything that we can check off the list, right? But that does not mean you have a relationship with God. It kind of reminds me of when Jesus was talking to the youngest ruler and the ruler was telling him about all these things he's done for, from his childhood. His life was pretty much perfect. And Jesus was just like, okay, well, that is the case. Sell all you have and follow me. Now, for my interpretation, I know people use this for many reasons, but I don't think God was telling him, okay, you're rich, get rid of your riches or do this, whatever. He was trying to say, have a relationship with me. Let go of the money. Have that relationship with me. Depend on me. Get to know me. And I think that's what it is. It's not about religion. And, you know, people have, I've heard so many sermons about this and they talk about money or whatever. But I think that when we just point out how he wasn't ready to get rid of his money, it distracts you from the whole thing. I don't think it's just about money. I think it's anything in our lives that's keeping us from having that relationship with God. God kind of wants us to let go of that and have that relationship with him. Even if it is religion. Even if you feel that religion is your identity, then maybe it's time to let that go and let God be your identity and find your identity in God. Just something to think about this week. So the song we're going to listen to today is from our artist of the week, Cash Mentis, and it is his single, God Walk. Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a family member or a friend and to make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. 
I would also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact with John, Cash Memphis, or myself, all of our contact information can be found in the show notes. And all you have to do is click on the links below and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest. And I promise you, I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.